Well, here we are, everyone. It's the penultimate episode before the hiatus. Now, like I said before, how long the hiatus is going to be, I can't tell you at this time. All I know is that this is not sustainable at the rate I'm going. But, let me turn off the AC. Okay. Um... But it's been a good run. Next week will be the one year anniversary. Can you believe a year I've been doing this crazy podcast and somehow (laughs) you're still here. What is wrong with you? But it's been a fun ride. Hopefully I'll come back with some new episodes at some point. Maybe in the fall. We'll see. Um, In the meantime, I've been at Oshkosh losing my voice, screaming at little pathfinders. That's why I have this interesting scratchy voice but welcome back welcome back for the second to last time Uh, hopefully the finale episode will really be a good one (laughs) don't hold your breath i mean you guys you guys know what this podcast is at this point so don't hold your breath (laughs) um what are we gonna talk about today i don't know i guess i'm just gonna tell you what's been going on like the fact that nothing has been going on in my head while my body goes around and does all the things. Um, and that's partially why <laughs> I am doing the hiatus. And then we'll talk about an abusive god. Does the god that Adventism believe in, is he abusive? I mean, when comparing to a human person. <laughs> I've The answer should be no spoiler to you guys. I've talked about this a million and one times. But we're going to talk about it again. Just because, you know, it bears repeating. Because this idea is so ingrained within Adventism that even when we hear it, oh, the God that we believe in is abusive, we don't absorb it. So it's worth going over again. So that's what we're going to talk about. All right. That's all the introduction that I have. I'm too tired to be witty. You know, you guys come here, of course, every week to laugh and carry on because all the hilarity. But let's be honest. I'm just mentally and physically exhausted, so just pretend like I said something hilarious at this point and laugh your head off. All right, let's go. Okay, so (laughs) I've been thinking a little bit about thinking um, in the small amounts of time that I've had recently. Um, That's probably a good thing I'm going on hiatus. Well, that's the reason I'm going on hiatus is so I can clear out the backlog of thoughts that I haven't had time to think because I've been so busy going around doing things all the time going all never stopping moving being tired and sleeping and thinking about work and then sleeping and not having time to think all the thoughts that I so wisely pontificate to you every week on this podcast um, being, I've been traveling a lot for work, as you may or may not know. Basically, just going from here to there without much of a break in between. And being gone all the time, just going, going, going all the time has made me feel like a shell of a person. Because I'm doing things, but it's not like, it's stuff that I have to do. And it doesn't give me a lot of time to reflect the way that someone like me needs to reflect, you know? Um, I feel that I'm not a person. I'm a robot. I'm just going, doing my task, um, and my soul is being sucked out of me. 
this is actually a similar feeling that I've had before. When I was a student missionary in Ukraine, <laughs> shots fired. Um, I was teaching English in Ukraine. And basically, I felt owned, like a, a slave. <laughs> I don't know if this is legitimate or just a hazard of me being 20 and rebellious. Um, but I did. That's how I felt. Like, I had schedule seven days out of the week i had places that i had to be classes that i had to teach like my time wasn't my own i had to go where they told me do what they told me to do like i felt like i had no independence um and also i was so busy all the time and so tired all the time that i didn't have a lot of time to think and reflect i mean the times, the good times that I do remember about my SM year were the times that I was able to just stop and reflect. But this is what I've come to realize. Like, you know those personality t- tests where it, like, tells you a bunch of stuff about yourself? Well, there was one of them. I can't remember what it was. It somehow classified people as, like, high energy or low energy. And people who are are high energy are just, like, going places all the time, doing things like, let's go uh, here, let's go there, whatever. Well, it had me, like, at the very, very bottom, (laughs) super low energy. Like, I could just stay in my house all the time and read books and think and ponder and stare out the window, as I've told you before. So, when I don't have time to do that, um... I start to feel like I'm, like I'm losing my soul. (laughs) But I was thinking like, okay, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Naval Ravikant, I think is his name. He's this Indian guy. Anyway, he's talking about meditation and how like, according to him, because of course Adventists don't believe in meditation, the nerve to mention it, but... He was saying that um, most people try to meditate for like a few weeks or whatever, but they don't ever actually get to what he thinks is real meditation is where you've thought about all the thoughts that you need to think about, like stuff that's happening in your life, things that are weighing on you, whatever. You've gotten through and thought about all that stuff to the point where you can not think about anything and just have your mind be empty. That's how he described it. And he says it takes like 60 days to get to that point where you spend an hour a day just trying not to think and getting through all the backlog (laughs) of things that you need to think about. Because most people, apparently, according to him, don't spend enough time thinking about stuff. Well, that's kind of how I feel. Like, usually I think probably I'm pretty on top of thinking all my thoughts and right now... I feel super, super behind. So then I was thinking like, how, how it, now this is just, this is just something that I'm throwing out there. You can let me know your opinion. But how are these things similar or are they similar? Like meditation, prayer, clearing your mind, even like the experience that people describe doing psychedelics. I've never done psychedelics personally, but you know, these various mind, um, states of mind like how how is meditation similar to prayer or how is clearing your mind and self-reflection similar or is it similar like i feel like when i have the time and space to think about things um and clear my mind like that happens 
also as prayer sometimes and as just working through ideas and stuff like that. But I haven't ever tried to do like meditation per se. And I'm wondering if there's some like some place that we can get to through these various avenues that is similar. Like if they're all connected in some way where we're accessing parts of our brain or accessing some plane of existence. I don't know. Maybe it, that just means I need to try my meditation in psychedelics just to see how they compare. <laughs> in the, but before I can do that, I just need to go ahead and catch up on all my thinking, which who knows when I'm going to have time to do that. Um, But yeah, so I was wondering, have any of you guys tried meditation? How did it work out for you? What did you think? Have you any of you tried just thinking about stuff that you need to think about, like spending time just working at thoughts in your head and letting them happen (laughs) um or are you the type of person that just goes and goes and goes i remember one time in college one of my professors was like (laughs) he was like you young college whippersnappers you know this attitude that young people are always um critique in older people (laughs) but he's like have you ever just tried driving to school or driving to class without the radio or without anything and just thinking your thoughts i bet you can't even do it you bunch of millennials who are always texting on your phones or listening to music or whatever (laughs) and i remember thinking at the time like yeah i do that a lot i don't know if everyone does that a lot or he was just being an old crank (laughs) and thinking we don't do that a lot or if i just was the only one who went ahead and did that but um (laughs) i'm curious if you guys are the types of people who spent who drive around in the car with nothing playing not doing anything just thinking while you drive or whatever um have you if you've done psychedelics let me know what the experience is like and if it's akin to meditation if you've done meditation you know, any of these various things. I'm interested in how they're related or not related um, with my lack of experience. (laughs) Okay, I probably have talked about this too before because it's something that I've thought about um, and I'm sure I've mentioned it. I don't remember what I said though, to be honest. This is episode 51. You can't expect me to remember everything that I've said. (laughs) In fact, all the episodes are probably pretty similar I'm basically like a broken record. I'm like one of those old people that's like, you go to their house every week and they tell you the same story. (laughs) Like, there's this old lady that we used to mow her lawn when I was, when I was, when I was a young kid. We had this lawn business, my brother and I. And there's an old, old lady. She was like upper 90s. Every time we would go in after we'd mowed her lawn, she would write us a check and then she'd tell us the story of how... When she was a little girl, they sat down by the old potbelly stove. <laughs> and she told the same story over and over every time. She called my brother the wrong name and asked if he was still working out on the road. <laughs> and we didn't even know what that meant, but we were just like, yep. <laughs> anyway, that's probably this podcast at this point where I'm just the old lady telling the same story over and over again. <laughs> but that's what you come here for, right? You come here to get reiterated the same points just to hammer it into your old noggin because we need to hear these things more than once. All right. Those are my thoughts on prayer, meditation, clearing your mind, psychedelics, etc. 
Although there's much more to be said on psychedelics, maybe I should do the finale episode on ayahuasca. What do you guys think? Tweet me and let me know what you think. <laughs> um, okay, now we're going to talk about um, whether the god we serve or the god we describe um, is actually good. <laughs> is actually as nice as we say he is. Um, Because what I've noticed and what very many different people have noticed and been irritated by and why a lot of people end up leaving the church is because if you were to describe God the the way Adventism generally believes in him as a person, that person would be horrible and abusive and terrible and nobody would like them. But yet... We describe God that way and we say, but he's love. So because God is love, he can do all of these things that are unloving and it doesn't count because he's love. (laughs) And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't track. But somehow God, you know, gets a pass for being awful the way we describe him just because he's God. Even though when we see humans doing these things, we're like, you're terrible. So, okay, first of all, like ultimatums. If you have an abusive person that gives a lot of ultimatums that they have no right to give, then that you automatically clock that person as an awful person. (laughs) But yet, God can give us ultimatums and we're like, that's just the way it is because it's God. Like like the way that we describe him, he says, love me and obey me. And that's easy. All you have to do is love me and obey me. And if you don't, that's fine. That's your choice. I'll just kill you and burn you to death. But, you know, it was your choice and I was loving you the whole time. (laughs) This is an ultimatum. But yeah, when we see humans doing these things like, you know, oh, to your kids, take out the trash. It's easy. It's your choice to take out the trash. If you don't take out the trash, I'll beat you over the head with a broomstick. But, you know, I'm just loving you. It's your choice to take out the trash or get beaten by a broomstick. We clearly see that as abusive in humans. But we don't allow it to be abusive when it's being applied to God. Why? This is a huge problem. I think this is a lie. A lie that we tell ourselves and tell everyone else about god okay the second is arbitrary rules like there's a rule for kids don't touch the stove why do you have the rule because you like the stove and you don't want them to get their grubby hands over it no because if they touch the stove they'll burn their hand so it's not arbitrary there's a reason for it yet with god we allow him to have arbitrary rules and we say well, that's just because he has authority. He's the authority, so we have to obey. Even though there's not a good reason for it. Like, I don't know. When you ask an Adventist, why do you keep Saturday instead of Sunday? The answer? Because God said we needed to. You can get some long, convoluted, and contortion, intellectual contortions to explain why it's the Sabbath versus Sunday. But ultimately, it boils down to because that's what God asked us to do. That's arbitrary. Disproportionate punishments. Like, this is part of the ultimatum thing, too. 
burning to death and never ever coming back for having lived 60 to 70 years of oblivious bumbling trying hard but failing to be a good person um for that (laughs) you get the disproportionate punishment of dying for eternity Mm. that's not abusive is it when we see parents whose kids do something minor some small you know even accidentally do something wrong and then they get a huge blowback from the parents we were like hold on there's something wrong here but if god says you know you tried really hard to keep the sabbath you tried really hard not to um uh not to lie and to cheat you tried to stop smoking uh but you know in your lifetime you just weren't able to reach that sinless perfection and because you didn't i'm gonna kill you to death with burning fire it's like a little bit disproportionate don't you think i think it is okay next we say god is love while what i just described ultimatums and threats and disproportionate punishments if you disobey that's really truly anger and vindictiveness if we were to describe a human in that way it could be classified as anger and vindictiveness yet when we describe god that way it's love so god is love even though he does all these terrible things that are unloving but he's still love because he just he says he's love, right? <clears throat> now who's lying? Is it God that's lying about who who he is that that he's love when he isn't really, or is it us misunderstanding who God really is, and then misrepresenting that to ourselves and to other people? What else? What else? What other ways can we misunderstand God? All of these things, of course, are the entire point. Of the great controversy which is my favorite topic to topic to talk about um the great controversy is the question is god who he says he is how he describes himself is that the same as how we describe him which is correct which is true is he how satan describes him i mean all of these things that i'm listing are kind of how satan describes him and we've swallowed them in some way within our theology but said that that's not wrong or incorrect or bad. Um, and I think I think we've believed the lie in a lot of cases. Is God manipulative? Well, according to a lot of Christian theology, including Adventism, we have to jump through all of these hoops, and then the reward is heaven. Like that's God leads leads us with the carrot stick of heaven. But we have to do, you know, we have to go through the slalom, through the tunnel, jump over the thing like a little dog at the, at the dog show? Is is that where they, you know, the things where the dogs run through the thing, that. (laughs) We only get the carrot if we do that, if we obey the laws, if we do the, you know, the rituals, if we believe the right thing, if we say the right thing, etc, etc. We tell people that God treats everyone the same way, but we say it as if that's a good thing. Like, who do you know that treats everyone the same way? You know, we we tell people 
that God has the same rules, the same punishments, the same standards for everyone, no matter who you are, God will act in the exact same way toward you. It doesn't matter how mature you are. It doesn't matter how, regardless of your understanding or level, um, God will treat everyone uniformly across the board. And that's supposed to be a good thing. But yet, if I were to talk to you like a five-year-old, if I were to treat you the way I treat little kids, you would be horribly offended. And if I were to treat a little kid like an adult, then they would probably get themselves into bad trouble. I think that God really treats people differently according to their understanding and their maturity level. That would only make sense. But in our weird way of describing him it's like he he's unable to work with us on any level it's like the same standard applied across the board to everyone no matter what yeah we don't like people who do that we don't like people who do that in real life you gotta treat people you gotta react to people in relation to their individual capacity and capability all right what are some other ways that we describe God? Okay, that sin displeases him. Like, the reason we shouldn't sin isn't because it's bad for us. It's because it makes God sad. I've literally heard people say, say this, that you shouldn't sin not because God will be angry with you, even though he'll burn you with fire, but because it makes him sad. And you don't want to make God sad, do you? Well... That's only an explanation if the things that he asks us to do are arbitrary, which I kind of talked about arbitrary rules already. But if sin is arbitrary, if it's just because God said so, then yeah, sin sin is bad because it displeases God. But if it's bad because it actually hurts us, then that makes God actually sympathetic and caring. <laughs> like the reason we don't want little kids to do some things is because we don't want them to hurt themselves and it has nothing to do with whether it displeases us or not and i and i think sin has nothing to do with whether it displeases god he just doesn't want us to get hurt and so a lot of things that i think it's true maybe some things some of the things that we kind of write off as like oh it must not (laughs) I can't see any bad consequences of it. Therefore, it, it must not be a bad thing to do. <laughs> it's true that maybe we don't always see or have the perceptiveness <laughs> to understand why its uh, sins are harmful to ourselves. doesn't mean they aren't. But it also doesn't mean that things that are rules, like the Jews had many, many rules and Adventists have many, many rules, just because we have a rule that something is a sin doesn't necessarily mean it's a sin. And like I was talking about before with different people having different capacities and different understandings and different stages that their lives, in their lives, I, I think that some sins, something that might be a sin for one person may not be for another person. And that's like, ooh, you, <laughs> it goes against the you know, equally applied to everyone in all circumstances thing. But if God truly just doesn't want us to sin to not hurt ourselves, that should be applicable, right? That one thing that hurts me may not hurt you in the same way. 
depends on your state of mind it depends on your motivations it depends on it depends on a lot of things i think sin is a lot more gray than we think it is and the way that we describe it now all of these ways that adventism has described god um we find a lot of ways to to twist our way into saying oh it's more nuanced than you know the way you're describing it that 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 would be abusive in if we were talking about a human but that it's not abusive for god you're just not seeing the nuance of you know whatever i i call bunk on that <laughs> i think it, it in this case <laughs> when we say god is doing things that are clearly abusive that would be abusive in a human it can also be applied to how we understand god and you know if it's within the great controversy that it would make sense that satan would want to feed us a line about who god is and what he wants from us so so why wouldn't we be constantly wanting to interrogate what we think of who god is to see is that really true is that does it make sense is that what i know about what goodness is, about what love is, about what unselfishness is. Does that line up really? Or does it lead people down into restrictive and like guilt-ridden? I don't know how many Adventists I know that are just so guilt-ridden and trying so hard to walk the straight and narrow, to reach that sinless perfection, to live, you know, pleasing God or whatever, and feeling like they're failing all the time and that is damaging too. And then what really gets me is, I've heard so many times, the those in Adventism, which are many, many people, who describe God in, in these ways that I've listed, among others, um, one of the lines is like, well, don't think too hard about it, don't ask too many questions about it, because ultimately... We are just human, and we could never comprehend God. We could never really understand him. So if it doesn't make sense, that's okay, because we just can't understand God. And yet, and yet, these people who are crying that we humans can never comprehend an infinite God are the ones, usually, seems to me, are the ones who are most confident that they know exactly what's going on (laughs) that they know this for certainty that they know certainly that i don't understand god and his infiniteness they know certainly that all the rules they have to keep are you know the rules they have to keep they know with a certainty that they don't know (laughs) but that you know everything they say must be correct but also i could never (laughs) comprehend and that's just the irony of it never ever ceases to be highly amusing i mean if if we were to really truly say and believe and mean it when we say that we can't comprehend god we would be open to the idea that everything we describe is incorrect could be incorrect that um the way that we conceive of this life and the afterlife could be actually incorrect that maybe the things that we think we know could possibly be incorrect that uh maybe god in the way that we think about him and the way that we conceive of you know anything really could be incorrect um (laughs) anything we think we know could be incorrect 
if we really thought we couldn't comprehend God. Everything would be like a low-poly illustration of God trying to describe himself to someone who can't see 3D and can only understand in 1D or whatever. You know, there's just so many infinite ways in which we could be misunderstanding. And yet, Adventists are certain in a few things. The rules, the way they describe God, you know, all of the things that are just black and white are for certain. But don't ask questions because you can't comprehend God. Well, I say if you can't comprehend God, ask the more questions. Ask all the questions because then you can at least comprehend as much as possible. Anyway, I don't know. I feel like I've been going all over the place. I needed to have thought about this for like another two and a half weeks. But there it is. Let me know what you think. What are some of the ways that you've heard God described? Where you're like, if that was a person you were talking about, I would not like that person. But yet, because it's God. We have to just say, well, that makes it good then. (laughs) I know you guys have heard these things. We all talk about and complain about the things that we've heard. I mean, otherwise, why would we even be here on this podcast, listening to this podcast? I know you guys have examples of this. So tell me, what do you know about goodness as it relates to the reality of our human experience? And what do you know about how God has been described to you? And how do those things align or not align? That's what I want to know. Um, and the finale episode will, this is teeing up the finale episode to talk about the ethics of reality and whether things are actually arbitrary or part of natural law. Okay. If you would like to reach me, you can always reach me at adminismillennial at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at SDA Millennial. You can ring me up on the phone if you have my phone number. I'm not giving it out, but if you have it, <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> and um, if you're at Oshkosh, enjoy the rest of Oshkosh. If you're listening to this and Oshkosh is long over, sucks for you. Um, And for the last time, or maybe not the last time, but possibly, conceivably, considering my ability to follow through, possibly for the last time. See you next week.